It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Kiewit alongside Dan Betzel. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna right there near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call the office 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, hello, and as always, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? Always great to be with you, Dan. We're getting into fall now, which is lovely because it was so hot for so long. It's finally nice that it's just starting Mm. to cool down a little bit and you can enjoy the fall weather. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Oh, always wonderful. Well, we've got a great show lined up as always. We're going to go over some important financial terms that you should know. We've got a couple of good headlines coming your way. We've got a interesting mind over money segment. I'm not even sure if I can quite pronounce the topic, but we'll get to all that. Let's kick it off with a little bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, as always, we do like to see what's going on out there in the world and see how that might apply to our finances. Dan, so far this year, most of the growth of the S&P 500 is driven by only six companies, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Netflix, and Apple. Since those are all tech and web-related companies, are we setting ourselves up for another downturn like the dot-com crash? Hmm, I think that's a really great question for several reasons, and probably most importantly because you know it really speaks to, I say, a philosophy of investing. You know, and this obsession, you know, with the dot-com stocks in the late 1990s, as you mentioned. It's been replaced today with the fascination of what I think they call them the FANG stocks, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. You know, and from my perspective, it's really nothing more than good old-fashioned, you know, stock picking, market timing, you know, and track record investing. And it's something that I, in my particular practice, I do not want to participate, you know, in picking the stocks and figuring which stocks are going to do well. Because if you do that, you know, you're throwing prudence to the wind and you're assuming so much more risk than you realize. And if you do that, you're probably going to get bitten, you know, by the stock market bear when the next crash does happen. So what do you do with all this, right? You know, the answer is to have a well-diversified portfolio, you know, not to overweight into one particular asset class, you know, like the tech stocks or the dot-com or the FANG stocks, and to rebalance periodically. And that's the only way you're going to really have prudence, you know, I think insanity around your investments. You know, and it reminds me, of a great story, a great couple lines that I heard in law school from a professor, Professor Whaley was his name. He said, remember, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. So don't be a hog when it comes to investing. Just be a little pig, be diversified, be committed to rebalancing, and don't worry about one particular asset class and how it's doing in a given particular short period of time. Yeah, that's good advice, Dan. And it really is crazy to think about the fact that those couple of companies are just so yeah. domineering in the S&P 500. If you're investing in an S&P 500 index, those companies are a big chunk of it. I mean, Apple just got that trillion-dollar valuation. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. really is. All right, well, this has been In the News. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Dan Betzel just a little bit better. Before we dive into the meat of the show, let's 
kind of step away from a second and just get to know your personality a little bit better. Dan, I want you to tell me about another job you've had, other than your current job, of course, and how it's actually helped you to be a better wealth advisor. Huh. It's really interesting because I've had a lot of different jobs. You know, if I really want to reach back, you know, all the way back to high school and college, at the time I felt I was kind of cursed because, you know, I kept working for these restaurants and I would work for these like really, really high end restaurants in Cleveland. And I would say, okay, next summer or next break, I'm never working at a restaurant again. And I would go to like little factories and try to get jobs and try to get jobs in sales. And I couldn't. I'd walk into a restaurant and they go, oh my gosh, you're exactly what we're looking for. And they, they hired me. So, you know, I think what I learned like by working in the kitchens and some of these really high end restaurants is, you know, you have to have a lot of attention to detail. You got to be able to work under sometimes strict time limits and you got to be able to work with sometimes people people that might be difficult because some chefs, you know, are really great guys, but when they're in the middle of their creative process and the restaurant, the house, as they call it, the front of the house is really busy, you better be on your best game. So it's kind of funny because, you know, when I look back on it, I think, you know, I think working as a line cook in a high-end restaurant was probably a really, really good experience for me, you know, and then maybe... I don't know, I would call it more on a more serious level, but in my adult life, you know, I've also worked, I was a teacher, I taught English, I taught German in both high school and college, and then after that, you know, I worked as a tax lawyer, and I think all of those attributes, all those skills that I worked on for all those years, you know, being able to talk to people and explain complex things to them and very helpful working with clients. And of course, I think my law training and you know, tax and estate planning has really helped me when I work with people in planning for their retirement and the tax issues. So it's kind of interesting when I look back, you know, it all seems to fit together and it's all been really, really useful. Well, and it's funny because at the time it can seem kind of random or not random. I mean, you may enjoy it and see the purpose in it, but you're not sure how it's going to fit into your overall story. And for me personally, when I went through high school growing up, I didn't do any jobs outside of school. I did so many extracurricular sports and clubs and things. And so when I graduated college, that was my first true job. And I actually went overseas and worked for two years with college students in China. And we talked about matters of faith and culture regularly. And it's interesting because looking back, that experience has shaped my role now working with other advisors and working with clients because I'm able to see the value of developing relationships and I'm able to see the importance of finding purpose in your work and especially when you're managing wealth and preparing to retire, finding the purpose in that. So it really is cool to see how all that sort of has come together later on down the road. Yep. If we just get out of our own way, it usually all works out. Right. If we could only see into the future. But <laughs> I, I guess there's a reason that we can't. So, right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to mind over money. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for mind over money. Mind over money. That's the segment where Dan gets into some behavioral investing, a little bit of investing psychology. Dan, I can barely pronounce the topic that you have for us this week. <laughs> Illusory superiority. What is yeah, that? Yeah. Well, it's this illusion, right? It's this illusion that we have superior abilities. I think as humans, it's just human. It's natural, right? We tend to overestimate our abilities and underestimate our negative qualities. And I'm thinking, I was in this workshop once and the guy leading the workshop asked, he said, if you think that you're an above average driver, please stand up. And there maybe were 200 people in the room and almost every single person stood up. So he said, well, what does this mean? You know, an average driver, that would mean that only 50% 
would view themselves as above average and the other 50% would view them as either average or below average. But here almost every single person <laughs> views themselves as an above average driver. And I have to admit, you know, I'm not the best driver, but I do think I'm above average driver. Well, it's only human, right? It's only human for us to overestimate our abilities and to underestimate, you know, our negative qualities. And you can see this in the financial planning world all over. So, you know, if you pick a stock and you're nothing more than lucky and the stock soars, well, you think, wow, you know, that stock soared because I possess some superior stock picking ability and I looked at all of the metrics and I knew the stock was going to do that. And that could be a trap because in reality, you probably were nothing more than lucky. And it could cause you to take even more risks and, you know, maybe to take more of your money and put it into play in this type of an environment, you know, that the risk is not even calculable. You know, and if a stock were to drop, you may blame other factors like, you know, oh, just a drop in the market. There was some sort of scandal. It's going to come back. I mean, I saw this play out so clearly with Bitcoin. I mean, when Bitcoin was taking off, I mean, I had people, you know, friends, acquaintances that were just telling me I was crazy, you know, not to be moving my own money and everybody, all my clients' money into Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then now, of course, I don't hear them say a peep. You know, I, I'm not gloating. I feel bad for some of them. But, you know, this is a perfect example is they thought they had some inside knowledge and they were going to make really, really good decisions. And in reality, ah, they just had fallen prey, which all of us do, to this illusion that we possess some superpower, this illusory superiority when it comes to picking stocks. Nobody, not anyone, not PhDs in finance can predictably and accurately and consistently predict the stock market. This is like the classic, why don't men stop and ask for directions? We're always so <laughs> confident and then we get lost and we wonder why we got lost. And we <laughs> there you go. Could have just stopped and asked an expert, so to speak. Another example. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we digress. Well, let's dive in now to the rest of the podcast here. I want to go over just some important financial terms that we think you as the listener should know. A lot of terms can get confusing. You've probably heard them talked a lot about in the news, at a financial meeting. Your family members may have talked about them at the family barbecue, but they're just confusing. There's a lot of jargon, a lot of lingo. Let's unpack it a little bit. Dan, kick us off with in-service distributions. What does that mean? Yeah, so this actually is not that well known by a lot of clients, but you know, it allows you to take like your 401k assets from your current, you know, employer's qualified plan or your 403 plan and roll them into an IRA while you're still working. Now, most people think, well, I can't do that until I, you know, retire or I change jobs. And that's not the case all the time. Assuming that the plan permits it, you often can be allowed to take an in-service distribution, keep putting your money in the future into that 401k, 403b, but maybe roll it over to a self-directed IRA that's going to maybe have cheaper internal costs and it's going to let you invest it like you want. That's what an in-service distribution is. You're still working. You're still in service to your employer, but you're allowed to distribute or take money out of your 401k and put it into your IRA. All right, Dan, another nifty term that you should know. I think this one is especially important to consider as you age, and that is the idea of a Roth conversion. Yeah, so, you know, for a lot of people, they earn too much money and they're not able to contribute directly into a Roth IRA. But the tax code does allow you to convert 
money that you put into a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Sometimes it's called a backdoor Roth IRA because you're kind of going in the back door. You're not going in the front door and contributing directly. Now, you're going to have to pay income tax on the contribution, but you know it allows you to get a portion of your retirement assets into that Roth IRA, which of course are going to grow, not tax deferred, but tax free, you know, for the rest of your life. And when you pull money out, you will never pay tax on any of that growth. So it's a really great tool. It's a Roth conversion. It's converting your traditional IRA to a Roth. All right, Dan, this next one, make sure you don't confuse it here. I'm talking about ETFs, and of course, you might have also heard of EFTs, <laughs> which I should slow down. I'll say that one more time. ETF. What is an ETF? Yeah. So, I mean, we could take a whole hour-long podcast, in which we're not going to do and talk about ETFs, but you know, I'm not a big fan of them, but you know, they're exchange-traded funds, and they're like an index fund. I mean, they track an index, you know, commodity or bonds, but unlike mutual funds, they trade like common stock on the stock exchange. Now, I don't want to get real technical, but what that means is that throughout the day, the prices change. Now, mutual funds, you know, you're going to get the value of that mutual fund at the end of the trading day. But an ETF, it's kind of like a, a mutual fund because it you know tracks an index, but the price of that fund fluctuates throughout the day. And that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. You know, my personal, say, main disadvantage or why I'm not a big fan of ETFs. You know, I guess I don't want to overstate it. They're better than a lot of things, but they're not the best. But my main, I guess, issue with them is that this, you know, interday pricing or where the prices change during the day, it might be kind of overkill because, you know, the bid ask spread as the ETF keeps trying to stay, you know, true to the index. There could be a lot of internal costs that are unnecessary. So anyway, it's an exchange-traded fund. It's a marketable security. It tracks an index, and the price fluctuates through the day. If you're interested in it, I'd love to have a meeting with you, and we can talk an hour or longer about the advantages and disadvantages of ETFs. All right, Dan, this next one is an incredibly important term, I believe. Yeah. That is fiduciary. Yeah, this is a big one. You may have even heard a lot of this in the news the last year or so. A fiduciary is, think like your doctor. Your doctor has to put your interests as number one ahead of his own interests. And then think about, say, everyday salesmen. Maybe you're going to go buy a car at the Ford dealer or at the Chevy dealer or whatever. I mean, that person has to be honest with you. That person needs to make sure that the vehicle that they sell to you is a good vehicle. But they don't necessarily have to say, hmm, I wonder, Mark, if this is the best vehicle for you. I wonder, Mark, if you and your wife can really afford this car or would it be better for you to buy a cheaper car to save the difference so that you can put your kids through college. They don't have to do that. A fiduciary must put your interest first. And not all financial advisors are fiduciaries. Some are more like the salespeople. Doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they don't have the same duty of care to you. So I would encourage everyone listening to please consider seriously of working only with a fiduciary. Work with someone who must put your interests, the client's interests, ahead of their own. All right, Dan, moving right along in our list here. What does it mean if you are risk averse? Uh, so that is really interesting. And I, you know, I think about, say, someone who maybe in 2008, unfortunately, lost 30, 40% in their portfolio. And they 
have never been able to get back in the market because they just cannot go through that experience again. So, you know, it's behavior that we all have in one sense or the other that we want to lower as much as possible any risk that we might face in the future. And sometimes, you know, that survival technique is really good and there's nothing wrong with, you know, lowering your risk, but you've got to do it in a prudent way and you've got to do it in a way that's still going to allow you to meet your goals. So, just got to be really aware that there's risk in every decision you make. Leaving your money from 2008 until currently in the bank, there's risk associated with that. The risk you've taken is you've lost all of the growth that could have been in there. So it's something to talk about with your advisor to make sure that you're taking the right amount of risk for your particular age and your particular financial situation. Don't be adverse to risk. Manage your risk. And finally, Dan, tell us the importance of diversification. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's this guy on TV. I'm not going to say his name, but if you listen to him, he's on national TV. You can call in and you can tell him, you know, I own these three mutual funds. And he'll think for a second and he'll say whether you're diversified or not. I mean, that's almost ludicrous, right? I mean, there's one thing to being truly diversified, which academics define as 19 distinct asset categories with you know, global stock equity and bond representations, you know, that's what a real diversified portfolio is. And unfortunately, many of the portfolios I see are not diversified. They're actually redundant. They have the same couple asset classes repeating them again and again and again. So, you know, you need to have someone look at your portfolio and to tell you, am I really diversified or am I just redundant? So Dan, I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard some of these terms and perhaps now they're more confused than when they first started uh, listening about that. today. No, no, no. It's not anything, of course, either one of us would have done, but there's just a lot to unpack with these terms, yeah, there is, right? There and so from here, what does it look like for them to connect with you? I know that you've got a toolkit that can help them to do so. What does that look like and what's in it? Yeah. So, you know, there's maybe three different ways that if you want more information, you can certainly call the office, get online, send me an email, go to my website and fill out a drop down form and I'll shoot you over my retirement rescue toolkit. It has a book in it, a CD, a white paper, explains a lot about taxation of retirement accounts. You can also go to my YouTube channel, Betzel Wealth Advisors, have lots and lots of educational videos. You can also send me an email or call the office and asked to be enrolled in my Investor Academy. My Investor Academy is a three-month program that I think every 10 or 14 days will send you another short video and workbook that you can work through on your own. There's no cost to that. I just need your name and a valid email address, and I can send that out to you as well. So a couple of ways to get in touch with Dan there. If you want to email, you can go online. Check him out at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call the office 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Again, that's a couple of great ways to connect with Dan. Get the toolkit. Go online, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, or call 614-472-4510. Dan, as always, we thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Mark. We'll do it all again next time on another edition of the Plan With Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.